0: Welcome back. It's Locked On NFL Draft, part of the Locked On Network. Thanks for making us your first listen today. There's a lot to talk about as we go through some of the strangeness that has begun. It's almost to the trade deadline. We know you guys are into that, too. So we're going to talk about what makes a rookie quarterback ready to play in this league. What are the Broncos going to do now with their draft as they have traded Von Miller? And a historic start for a couple of wide receivers whose draft prospects weren't necessarily at the top of their classes. Welcome to Locked On NFL Draft
1: you are locked on nfl draft your daily podcast covering the nfl draft part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Locked On NFL Draft. I'm your host, former NFL and NFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan Tracy from Locked On the NFL Chiefs. How you doing, man?
0: I'm hanging in. It is uh, it's Monday afternoon. Chiefs are going to play tonight. So it's nice to talk about something else right now and get your mind off that kind of thing. Plenty to go on <laughs> right now, right?
1: Yeah, plenty <laughs> to go on. And I've been kind of active on Twitter. If you guys don't follow me, at Eric underscore Crocker on Twitter. And I've been trying to figure out and kind of wrap my head around what makes a quarterback more ready now than maybe the other prospects, right? And I think I've heard some people say, you know, like Quincy Avery, he's a quarterback coach, quarterback trainer. And he said he never thinks a rookie quarterback is ready. And I've heard other people say that as well about prospects. But I think when you, you know, take the post of Twitter and even people that talk about football, the draft media and things like that. They make it seem like other people are more ready than others. You know, like there, I guess there's some kind of difference. So, where I'm going with this, or where I kind of started thinking about this, is as a 49er uh, person that covers the 49ers, they drafted Trey Lance. Right. And obviously, everybody looks at Trey Lance and they're like, oh, raw, not ready. But then I watch him play, and he had the second highest uh, rookie debut as mm-hmm. uh, any quarterback in this class. Uh, you saw a lot of things that you really like. You saw a lot of things that you, he needed to work on. As, And we've seen the same things from the other quarterbacks, right? We've seen them all have their struggles. We've seen them all have their things that they need to improve on. So I started thinking, like, what qualifies a guy to be more ready than the other? And some of the questions that I've gotten have been, uh, you know, the competition they play against in college. And I'm like, well, I don't, that, has, that doesn't seem to make a difference uh, with Trey Lance because same things he was doing in college, he's doing in the NFL. And, uh, you know, you have guys like Trevor Lawrence and, you know, we've seen his game really up and down and maybe the circumstances of his situation. And I'm like, man, I don't know. It seems like he has good receivers, but things aren't going all that great coaching staff, whatever the case is. And I felt like there had been a lot of like moving the goalpost when it comes to these prospects. But one thing that one one response I did get, I felt like made probably the most sense to me was a quarterback is deemed more ready or not ready, depending on the quarterback that they have ahead of them. And in the 49ers case, that's Jimmy Garoppolo, right? So Trey Lance is not ready because he has Jimmy Garoppolo ahead of him, who is better suited to take hold of the offense right now. And, you know, you don't have to go through those rookie lumps if you don't have to, I guess. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, that kind of makes sense. And then you have Zach Wilson. And, you know, he's going through his ups and downs and everybody can just say, well, you know, it's because he's a rookie and, he, you know, he's going through the same things as other rookies. And I'm like, OK, well, does that make him more or less ready? But then he doesn't play. And you have a guy, Mike White. Now, Mike White has been in the NFL for a little bit, but I think this is like his right. first uh start or, or or you know, his first extended play. Mm-hmm. And Mike White comes in and everybody has said everything about the Jets. Uh, the, the offense is, is really bad. The weapons aren't great. They're not coming through for their guys. And I'm not saying this is going to be consistent for Mike White, but he comes in and he throws for over 400 yards against the Cincinnati Bengals, which is a good team. Mm-hmm. Uh, their defense has played well. They went toe-to-toe with guys like Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I believe heading into that game, they had a record of like five and two. So the the, the 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 Bengals have been playing well. But Mike White comes through and, like, you know, just kind of destroys that defense, plays well. And now i got to thinking – maybe, are it, it, we thinking maybe Zach Wilson isn't really ready to be that guy yet? And what is the right approach here? Do you do you sit Zach Wilson? Or, you know, I, I don't think you can go backwards now from that, right? But you have a guy, yeah. Mike, Mike White, who do we think Mike White might give them the best chance to win right now? Not saying long-term. Clearly, sure. Zach Wilson, he has big-time ability. All the things that everybody liked about him in the draft, but Right now, he's kind of struggling. And do you want him to continue to go through these struggles and maybe he'll get out of it? Or do you go with a guy like Mike White who led you to a victory uh, and really played exceptionally well?
0: From my point of view, and it is the 50,000-foot level, you know, not as somebody who's like a quarterback coach or somebody who works with them, those guys have a unique insight into what they're capable of mentally, um, particularly when they make mistakes. How well do they rebound? I think that's a big thing that you get from interviews that you don't see on the field that you have to build into the evaluation that that we as outside of NFL organizations don't necessarily get unless you get with their agent or you get someone on one time with these prospects, right? For me, there's no way that you leave Mike White in there because as good as he performed, there's a couple of things that are telltale for me. On the positive side, he understands the offense. He's been there since 19, right? So he's got the reps in the offense in practice. And I think that's honestly what tells you uh, what was it, 82, over 82% completion pack, uh, percentage. That tells me that he knows this offense, that he understands what he needs to do. But he also, while he did throw three touchdowns, he also threw a couple of picks. And that tells me also that he doesn't quite understand what the defense are, all, are always going to do or how to make adjustments there. It, for me, this looks both a guy who's ready in one aspect and maybe not 100% ready in the other, right? So for me, I have to go with the draft pick because... You've put him into the fire. You started him baking, right? You got to finish him off. The pizza's like the cheese is barely melted on the pizza. You know what I mean? Like you got to get it all the way there. And for me, I think it all comes back to the evaluations, even pre-draft about how does a guy learn? Wilson has physical tools, Trey Lance has physical tools. Mike White probably didn't have the, the physical tools that you could put up against that, right? So for then it's about there's your starting point, but how do you learn offenses? How well can you handle the multiplicity of things that you have to deal with as a signal caller in the NFL? And for me, I think the upside when you're ready is all about the mental side of the ball.
1: Mm, yeah, and I think that makes sense. Do, do you think out of this class right now, and I'll just kind of throw out a few names and you let me know. And, and again, this is, we have not really dove into the film on these prospects yet. We haven't uh, made you know just really legit notes on their strengths and weaknesses. But as of right now, from what you could tell, I'll throw out a few names and you let me know if you think one guy is a little bit more pro-ready then the other guys. All right, we'll go with Malik, Malik, uh, Malik Willis. I don't know. I was. I don't know why I was thinking Malik. Right, Malik Willis. Right. Desmond Ritter. Okay. And our guy Matt Matt Carell, who we've been talking about on the previous podcast. Do any of those guys jump out to you that you say, you know what? I would prefer this guy start today as opposed to maybe one of the other guys.
0: Maybe uh, against each other, I don't know that I could differentiate them yet. Like, there's there's pluses and minuses in each of their games, at least from what I've seen live to this point. But for me, it's about like you were hitting at before. Who's the, who's the incumbent starter? Because for me, especially, you know, Corral, I think, relies on his athleticism. He's going to use his wheels a little bit more than the other guys are, although I think Ritter can, can get out of the pocket and make some noise as well. Uh, for me, it's do you want to add that aspect? Are you trying to, like, quote unquote Kyler Murray your offense a little bit and have a guy that can threaten with his legs. Maybe that gives you the spark to get in there. But for all of them, I don't see the attacking through the air, the the exploitation of defenses, especially controlling deep safeties with eyes, et cetera, like that. Some of the the finer points of quarterback play, I don't see that from any of them. I will tell you the guy that has the advantage for me in terms of having decent arm talent, but has the most mental experience, I think is probably Pickett. And of any of them, I would say he's probably ready to walk in and have the highest floor, but maybe not the lowest ceiling as well.
1: And he's also a guy, I believe this is his senior year, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, he's kind of been around a a while and he's a little bit more seasoned. And that's something we're not really seeing in, you know, coming out of the draft anymore, right? I think that was something uh, what like in the 80s or 90s where guys would stay a little bit longer. Now, guys, the moment they can declare, they'll declare it. Even if they are, you know, redshirt sophomores, which we saw with uh, Sam Darnold, a guy who mm-hmm. played what he played two years of college football, dipped to the NFL. And we've seen him in his transition be a little bit shaky. You know, we'll, we'll get more into a lot of these quarterbacks and the process. I know that's going to be a hot topic this offseason. trying to figure out who exactly is the guy who's going to be the most pro ready guy, who's going to be the first guy. You got the Detroit Lions who have not won a game. And I know they're going to be looking to really revamp that quarterback position. I don't think Jared Goff is the guy, but we don't know if it's that one guy in this class that's going to really help put a team over the top. But you know what? as we come back, we're going to talk about the Denver Broncos. They just had this kind of blockbuster trade to a team. And how does that uh, trade impact the Broncos moving forward into the draft? Stay tuned. Hey, Locked On to NFL draft fans. This is your host, former NFL and NFL defensive back, Eric Crocker, and with an incredible offer for you guys that buy gas right now. And what you guys need to do, you need to hear about GetUpside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. How do you do this, man? You just right now, you just go download the free GetUpside app in your either Google uh, Play Store or in your Apple App Store, all right? Uh, Use the promo code Touchdown. When you download the app and get a bonus 25 cents off per gallon on your first fill up, that's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at a pump ever again. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app free and use promo code touchdown to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first fill up. Some people who drive a lot, they're making as much as two $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch at all. That is cash that gets added right back into your pockets and into your account. You can cash out anytime by using your bank account, PayPal, or e-gift card, and or you know Amazon, gift cards, or any brand that is applicable. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. All right, again, use the code TOUCHDOWN and go do that right now. All right, Ryan, you have the Denver Broncos and they made a blockbuster trade to the uh, Rams who are the division rivals with the San Francisco 49ers. So 49 ers right. fans aren't going to like that very much, but looked like it was a couple second, second day, uh, day two picks. Not sure. I haven't seen the details. Yet. I don't know if you've seen the details, but second and uh, a third last... here in
0: 2022.
1: Okay, man. I don't... So do the Rams not have draft picks for the first three rounds?
0: Um, They still have a remaining third, a fifth, and a seventh, I believe, are their picks. Like, we might not see a Rams draft this year. I don't know. If they keep going like this, who knows?
1: <laughs> and I'm assuming if they, you know, win the Super Bowl, they'll they'll take that. Uh, right. But, okay, Von Miller, I mean, Hall of Famer, I'm sure. Uh, just ballot. dynamic, edge rusher. Uh, Texas A&M, he's been just uh, a pleasant to watch his entire career. I remember him coming out, you know, and as somebody, you know, 49er fan and everything, watching the – 49ers draft Allen Smith and seeing Von Miller and those two guys and how they were at the time, you know, just dynamic pass rushers and all these numbers that they were throwing up like video games. He's moved on now. He's getting a little bit longer than two, a little bit older now, maybe not what he quite once was. And in the, in the Broncos might be going through a little transition and saying, you know what, we're going to get out from underneath the contract like that. They still have Chubb out there as an edge rusher, but they're probably going to be looking to maybe fix that position moving forward. Where do you you think they kind of head in the draft? And obviously, I know some of this depends on where they land, but there are definitely some good edge rushers in this class. I think I saw somebody yesterday say this is a really deep edge rushing class. Do any names jump out to you that might be a good fit for the Denver Broncos?
0: There, there's quite a number. And I think it is, it also signals a shift here. There's a lot of, of maybes that go into this, right? Because right now they're sitting in 500. So we got to think that they're going to end up picking. I, I don't know the end of the season is going to go so great for them. So I think they're going to fall a little bit below 500, but somewhere between 16 and, and maybe all the way up to eighth, somewhere in that range is yeah. my guess for where they end up in this draft class. And you can't replace Von Miller. In fact, okay. I did a study on um, my two major metrics. Um, if you guys haven't checked out Rogue Analytics, you can check that out at rogueapc.com, where I track pressure rate and finish rate for NFL players. Dude, the the bear and the hawk and all the major metrics for the college guys. We'll get into that later in the, in the offseason here. But he is still producing at a 15% pressure rate, which is in line with what he was doing, plus minus about 3% over the last six years. So it really is just about the age and – what I'm hearing is that they didn't think they're going to be able to re sign him this offseason. So that plays a part of it too. So what did they do? They went and got themselves two top 100 picks. And I think that is a very, very clear signal that wherever they end, especially if they do end up right around 500 and they're that, you know, 16 ish range, that they're going to use one of those picks in order to move up to take one of the top pass rushers. But there's enough here that I think if they can't get that done, they still have their options behind them. Obviously, Thibodeau's going to be, you know, you'd have to put a couple of six picks together to get all the way up there to <laughs> snag him right but like is is Hutchinson on their their docket here have they already seen enough that they know who they want to target I think Karloftis might be a guy that fits in with them pretty well because I think when you look at Bradley Chubb on the other, other side they're not necessarily looking to stay with um, a Von Miller type speed rusher first kind of thing they're looking for a little bit more power in my opinion but that's also dependent on Nick Fan- Vic Fangio staying on on the uh, head yeah. coaching spot who knows if that's going to happen but I think what you're seeing is that it's just preparation for this draft to have the ammunition to move around where they need to be
1: yeah and, you know you talked about maybe what they are aren't looking at and you know just kind of looking at some of these guys and I remember a couple years ago you had uh, this star-studded pass rushing class and it kind of reminded me a little bit of this class where you had you know, you got Nick Bosa at the top and then there were other guys that you know uh, uh, you had the uh Josh Allen edge rusher that you know from Kentucky that ended up going to the uh Jacksonville Jaguars you had uh, uh Farrell who ended up going number 4 overall to the Raiders and that was a little bit of a shock cuz <laughs> I know a lot of people like uh Josh Allen a little bit higher but also you had a guy Brian Burns who slipped a little bit who I thought from a pure pass rushing standpoint like his moves just the 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 you know, his pass rush moves, his hands, his quickness, his athleticism, the versatility to be able to drop him in coverage. I'm like, man, this is a guy who I would assume people would be really high on, but he kind of slid to that mid-round range and the Panthers were able to grab him. And I look in this class and there's somebody very similar to him. And we've talked about him already before, but the outside linebacker from Georgia, Adam Anderson, you know, again, he's kind of built a little bit more like Brian Burns. He was a guy that kind of When watching him, that was the first thing that kind of jumped out to me. I I don't know if I necessarily see, like, the polishness that we saw from Brian Burns as a pass rusher, but just all the physical abilities are there. He still definitely has kind of that long, lean frame and maybe has to, you know, add a little bit of muscle to that. But you think that Anderson is someone who could potentially be a good fit for the Broncos if they do kind of stand pat in the middle of that round?
0: If they do, I, I think play strength, contact strength is going to be an issue there because they still want to have, when they go to their nickel, a, a down three-point stance guy that can survive contact with what is not the most physical division in the, in the NFL, but one that generally emphasizes tackle play. I'm not sure if they want to have him standing up or or how they'd go about making that switch. I think they want somebody more power him myself, but – I think if you're going to go with more of a 3-4 outside backer type, he's got to be at the very top of the list in this draft class.
1: Right. And, you know, clearly there are some really good edge rushers in this class. And I think, uh, you know, a guy that you touched on, Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, Yeah, Drake Jackson, who's, you know, still trying to figure it all out and bring everything together. Nick uh, Bonito from Oklahoma. So uh, a star-studded draft class, man. I'm, I'm curious to see how this whole thing plays out, especially at the edge position. And definitely for Denver. But when we come back, we're going to talk about a couple receivers that weren't highly touted guys coming out of college, but they are definitely doing an exceptional job and on a historic pace at this point in the NFL season. Stay tuned. In life, we are all bound for different things. And with BeachBound.com Vacations, you can be bound for adventure, bound for passion, bound for discovery, or bound for togetherness, bound for immersion, bound for rejuvenation, or you may just be bound to be, you know, encountering the unexpected. Personally, when I'm at a beach resort, I'm bound to end up at the pool or at the bar, creating my own taco flight. As long as I've got good view, good vibes, good drink in my hand, I'll be happy as can be. So with BeachBound.com, you can find the perfect beach vacation for you. No matter what you are looking for, no matter, no matter where you're trying to go, what are you bound for? Visit BeachBound.com today. All right, Ryan, just like we all, you know, expected, you have a couple guys here, Cooper <laughs> Cup through eight games, 924 receiving yards. His touchdowns is through the roof. I mean, goodness gracious, I don't know what's going on right now. And then Debo Samuel, again, through what, he's played six, seven games? 819 receiving yards. These guys are on a historic pace. And I think the thing that stands out to me most about these guys, they are doing it two totally different ways. You have one guy that's doing it with just pure route running ability from the slot position, um, winning with timing and rhythm, especially with his quarterback, Matthew Stafford. They're on the same page. Then you have Debo Samuel that's really just trying to figure out how to do it any which way possible. He got a 50-yard pass on a post route he took a uh, screen on third and 20, he took a screen 83 yards and just barely stepped out of bounds while diving into the end zone. I mean, it's really weird. I don't want to say weird, but intriguing to see how two guys are winning two totally different ways. And I'm really curious to see how, again, that kind of shapes the landscape of how we view receivers coming out of college.
0: Yeah, I mean, the application of a specific skill set, I think, goes a long way. Remember, Debo was like, not a guy that they thought was going to play a lot outside. Like they were talking about him as a gadget player at times there, pre-draft. And I think he's shown that he's got the versatility. It's not gadgets. It's not the little trick plays all the time. He has a number of skills that lend itself to his game. And cup is also a guy that I think was just under hell Uh, go Eastern Washington Eagles. Good for you. Not a school that produces NFL talent a lot. Right. So I, I think these two guys are very much the case in point for it's not always the first round picks that you have to have the wide receiver talent at. I mean, it's not running back where I, I clearly think that running backs should be drafted outside of day one and probably towards the bottom half of day two. But wide receivers, you can still get good value later in the draft. And these guys are, are two that show that. I mean, a second round pick at number 36 and what a third in like the mid 90s, was it? No, 69. I'm Is sorry. That so still. Coup went? I yeah, it was at the top of the third at 69. Wow. So, yeah, it, it's, it says a lot there that you can find talent at different levels if you know what you want and you can match that talent pre-draft to what you're looking to do on the field. I, I like the more of a defined role when you're drafting in mind rather than trying to just – a lot of teams just want the best talent that they have, their total ranking overall, and we'll make it work. I I, I like the, uh, the basketball team mentality of slotting a guy into a specific role that we're going to use in X way.
1: Yeah, and it is just so crazy just to see the chemistry that Cooper Cup has uh, with Matthew Stafford this early on. I think that's one thing for – I hope a lot of these younger guys that are coming out of college start to pay attention to, right? Like just how to build a rapport with your quarterback to try to make that transition easier. Now, Cooper Cup, he's somebody that – I mean, he's been played well. He's dealt with some injuries. Mm -hmm. I believe it was like a torn ACL a couple years ago. But he's had multiple thousand-yard seasons. But right now what he's doing, I mean, this is special. Not it's kind of, I don't know what's halfway because it's 17-game season now, but about halfway through the season and he's already, he's done almost a 1,000 yards, and I don't know if he would be able to continue this pace that he's on, definitely in historic pace, but if he can, I mean, we're talking about one of the best seasons of all time, and we've seen other slots have good seasons like this. You got Wes Walker, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, Elliman, now both of those guys, they played with Tom Brady, the great, where they utilize their slot receiver. Do you think that there's a chance that Cooper cup kind of leads this charge in how we possibly view the slot position. Because right now it's tough when you look at a guy coming out of college, that's the same thing with, with uh, Justin Jefferson, where a lot of people are like, Oh, Justin Jefferson is coming out. Oh, he's just a slot. Do you think that mm-hmm. when you see a guy have a season like this, and maybe some of the sex that success that uh, Justin Jefferson has had early on might change people's thoughts on guys that play more in this slot in the college
0: i i think so or at least guys that can rotate in i think there's a lot of overlap of what you can do with a, a quote-unquote slot guy and an x uh, i'm sorry and a z so that you have your like kind of big bodied x that can lock down the line of scrimmage on the other side but those guys can move around and you can get some matchup changes there i think that's really intriguing to a lot of people and and i will say this if you're a slot receiver in college right now you got to feel like your your stock is climbing because yeah. i think both these guys are uh a very good demonstration of what we're seeing on the other side of the ball that a lot of people have been talking about the last couple of weeks about how much more too high safety sets the defenses in the nfl are playing and so it's opening up the middle someplace that a, a receiver with good speed it doesn't even have to be great speed i think cup was like four six two or something you know yeah. he's not a blazer but he can exploit the middle of the field where there's gaps in the defense i think that's going to become even more important as we go forward
1: yeah, and in the case of Debo Samuel and talking about just that type of we've talked about it a little bit before how that kind of you know, you you view him, you see guys like Chenault has that same kind of uh body style, that that same type of, you know, kind of ability and play style where they, they win more with just like pure athleticism and brute physicality, and you see them be able to do that consistently. And I think that's the biggest thing. Can can the guy like can a guy do that? consistently I think Debo Samuel right now had a terrific rookie year Andrew Riddle second year but right now in his third year he's showing like nah man like I'm a legit receiver I should be mentioned with some of the other guys from my class like the DK Metcalfs the AJ Browns the Terry McLaurins that have been getting more hype than him but right now early on historic pace and I believe when I last checked it was um 1980 yeah 1,989 yards that's what he's on pace with right now. Now, again, that would break Calvin Johnson's record, but also right. Calvin Johnson did it in 16 games, not 17. Uh, so that's something uh, to keep note on. But man, talented receivers right now, talented receivers coming out in this class. I can't wait to start to really dive in to this class and kind of see where guys stack up. Because right now, man, I keep looking at Drake London and now it's like, oh man, he's hurt. So I got to <laughs> gotta take my uh, my fandom to another guy for the rest of this college football season. But You guys, man, stay with us. Keep it locked right here. We'll be getting into much more of these prospects and how they're looking and how their game kind of transitions to the NFL as we continue right here on Locked On NFL Draft.